0: Welcome to the One Degree Shift Podcast, where we learn the little changes that future-proof some of our favorite companies and teams. Here's your host, Eric Termundi. Michelle Hogan, uh, a couple years ago, we sat down, and I wanna use the word disruptor. You, you, You are a disruptor. You're not afraid to ruffle feathers. You're not afraid to speak your mind. And that on the One Degree Shift podcast is exactly what I'm hoping you can do. So welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much, Eric. It's great to be here.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about what's interesting you right now uh, and a little bit about the work you're doing and what you find to be important?
1: Well, what interests me right now, what always interests me is how organizations really turn their intentions into promises and how those promises actually play out through everything they do leading them to either a good or a bad um, brand result and a continuing accomplishment or an eroding one, as I talk about. You know, one of the things that really excites me and and is endlessly interesting to me is this shift that I try and get organisations to make in not thinking about this thing called brand as a a marketing device, as even... Mm -hmm. Even as something that they have, that they are creating or that they create, I try and get them to think about it as a result. And, and that's really my point of heresy. Like you call me a disruptor. I often call myself a heretic
0: because
1: mm. I'm I'm always the one in the room saying, stop talking about brand. And people say, but you're a brand counsel, because that's mm-hmm. my title. Um, I sort of advise organization on the risk to their purpose and values of making promises they can't keep. And and that's you know, that's my day-to-day work. But the the really the what I'm trying to get people to do out of that work is bring a greater deliberate conscious intention to how they think about what they do, what they do, and understand that it doesn't matter what you say about yourself, it Mm. doesn't even really matter. It certainly matters what your underlying identity of attention is, like what are the things that drive that. But it actually, what you keep, the promises you keep, what you actually do on a day-to-day basis, is that is the work. That's the stuff that's going to build the relationship with all of the people that you work with, work for, um, who buy from you. You know, all of that that landscape of stakeholders, and it's the promises to all of those people that are the contribution to your brand result, not some sort of applied veneer of of message and and visual sort of a visual look um which is what's so much and and it's so interesting because organise even organizations that say oh that's not what brand is that's not who we're about that's you know yeah we you talk to agencies who do this work and they're like oh yeah that's not what we do yeah we really get into the the guts of the organization and what they stand for and I say yeah what do you do for them oh we we designed their logos and come up with campaigns for them and so I push back on that and say okay had this client ever come to you and said you know we're we're really struggling with this and you know we're looking for your help and and you do some work with them and that isn't the outcome that isn't Mm. where you end up recommendation isn't that they change their logo. Your recommendation is that they rethink their supply chain. (laughs) Because that's actually the thing that's screwing up their relationship with their customers, not what Mm. their logo looks like. Um, And so this is the conversation, you know, I was at a conference last year and having a conversation, I did this talk, it was called everything you know about brand is wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm And I did this talk and went through a lot of this terrain, covered this terrain. And people came up to me afterwards and they said, Oh, I loved your talk. This was great. It was really, really provocative and got me thinking, we're working on our brand right now. I said, That's great. What do you so when you say that, what do you mean? And their response was, Well, we're looking at our logo and we're working on our <laughs> We're working mm-hmm. on our message, our tagline, our positioning. I'm like, okay, that's great. So you're working on how to communicate and present your identity to your customers. That's fantastic. That's an important thing to do. But that's not your brand. It's a contrib- right. it's contribution to it. But if you think that's what your brand is, then you kind of missed the point of my talk. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. so that's the stuff that gets me up every morning is like how can i help get how can i help spread this message how can i help get people to a space where they start thinking about brand at the end of the equation like at, at the end of right. what they do not as a not as a, not as this thing that they that they want to try and um play with or mold um out of thin air
0: so okay there are a lot of ways we can go. Yeah. And the one that I want to, to start with is yeah. an evolution, I think, of brand. Because, yeah. I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, and, and you're the subject matter expert here, but I've Ooh. seen an evolution of brand in the sense that traditionally brand equity often came from the product or the service that the company was providing. Even maybe the size and the social standing. But what I'm seeing now is a shift in brand coming from employee experience and employee well-being as well. Let's just take Amazon, for example. Amazon, when you look at the product or the service, has an incredible brand. When you look at how they pay taxes or don't, Mm -hmm. or perhaps some of their places of work and their employee experience, then the brand all of a sudden is... I would say degraded slightly. Would you say that there are more contributing factors to brand today than there were in the past?
1: Uh, I'm not sure there's more. I'm not sure that there's more contributing factors. I think people are thinking more broadly about what those factors are. And
0: and, and why Um, is that? What's caused um, that shift?
1: Well, I think what's caused the shift is is just purely, there's a spotlight on companies in a way today that has really been possible in the past. So the impact of, and I always hesitate to sort of overstate and go down the path of, oh, it's all about social media because it's actually not. Um, but what social media and the ability of anybody in an organisation or anybody who has a connection or an experience with an organisation to get that message out about what that was, whether that's all about, Sorry,
0: can you be a little bit has, more specific?
1: Oh, yeah. So let's just say I'm, I worked for an organisation and I got fired. And mm-hmm. I felt like I was treated badly, sure. right? Now, in the, in the general hustle bustle of organisations, having people coming and going, that's always going to happen. But what's different today is that person can now go on to Twitter or go on to LinkedIn or go on to Facebook or any of the social, big social platforms, sometimes all three, and, mm-hmm. and say, this was unfair. all I did was all I did was my job, and now they're saying that you know I wasn't a team player, and so I've lost my job and and i can't you know and and that's been really bad for me um, mm-hmm. now they can even do that on platforms like Glassdoor, where it's literally rating the organization and what it's like to yep. work for so yep. Yep. what happens now in particularly in the employee landscape is those things have an impact. Our perception of an organization is shaped by lots and lots of factors. Some of those are direct experience and some of those are observed experience. Some of Mm -hmm. those are uh, just things we hear. And it all feeds into the mill. So used Amazon as an example and that's a terrific one because I agree and like Walmart before it, right? So Amazon has some of the same issues, some of the same problems from an employee landscape that Walmart had. Uh, Walmart grew up in a slightly different environment. So there weren't quite as many front page articles in the New York times about how poorly they treated their employees, Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. but,
1: you know, they were one at the forefront of actually taking employees time and managing it to the minute so that they minimize their cost of those employees to the business. Right, Right. Right. I mean, and it was part of their purpose. So this all ties, you know, for me, there's a big, there's a big swirling pond of what do you care about? What is your intention? You know, what's that core sense of identity? You have your purpose and values, if you like, and how does that play out through how you do things? And then how do those, do, how do those things that you do translate to what people's experience of you are? And then what does that experience look like? as observed and communicated amongst others. And, it's, and you can't really dissect and separate all of that. It all fits together. So mm-hmm. with Amazon's standpoint, a bit like Walmart before it, what I find interesting about Amazon, right, is that they are so vocally and, and from an observation, you know, committed to this idea of a terrific customer experience and yet mm-hmm. that, that is singularly absent from a big chunk of their dealings with their employees, not just in warehouses, but across the business. So I, I actually find that fascinating. Walmart, in their example, you know, their thing was low prices. And so the way they treated their employees was actually directly tied to low prices. Right. right? It, was, it was their way of keeping their price point incredibly low was they had to minimise all of their costs. So it drove how they drove with suppliers. How they you know, they were they were absolute masters of of engineering supply chain to take cost out of that. You know, everywhere they could take cost, they did, so that they could keep their prices to their to their customers low. And right. so there was a there was a weird method to that madness. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, it had some really toxic, horrible flow-on effects, but you could look at it and understand it. I I struggled to understand. The benefit to Amazon of treating its people so poorly, other than the fact that people are addicted to their low, pr- addicted to the convenience that they provide, it sure. is done on sure. the backs of of that of that treatment. So, it's it's. I think it's a very. People like to try and simplify this stuff and what the quote unquote the brand, you use the term brand equity. So, what is what's the what's the brand the result of the brand look like? in terms of how people think about the company. So if I look Mm -hmm. at that as as sort of the measure of equity, a measure of equity, that's an incredibly complicated and complex picture. And when we talk about brand, there's this tendency to want to try and distill it down to a tagline or a simple line. We stand for X.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm.
1: How do you stand for X? How does that play out across your business? Is always so
0: tell me then, if, if 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 I if I wanted to build brand or change yeah. the perception of brand, where do okay. I start?
1: You've got to start inside the business. It's got to go all the way back. So you start with, you know, again back to that identity of what do I believe? What do I, you know, what do I believe to be true? What do I care about? What's my purpose? What's my values? That that core, mm-hmm. what I call the organization's identity. Then. Mm-hmm really deliberately and consciously applying that through the full operational sort of landscape of the business so it's not just about how do we treat employees or how do we treat customers it's also about how do those how do those points of identity translate into how we work with partners what are the products and services we develop and sell how do we sell them Um, the people that we sell them to what is the what does that look like for them the people who are working on those things within the business, our employees, our partners, our suppliers, how how do they fit into the mix? What are, what are the promises, again, back to promises that we're making to all of those people and how are we keeping them? And then once we start to keep different promises or keep promises we've made that we previously didn't, mm-hmm. that naturally means, you know, that leads to a... If you like are filtering um, and osmosis out into the broader perception, and over time, perception changes. Um, it's you can't you're making do this it with sound so easy. Shot.
0: Why do we all do oh, it? Oh,
1: it's it's not easy. Like I'm I said, joking, it's super I'm complicated joking. and sounds, super it hard. It sounds very
0: complicated. It's so really then, tell me about what what's the first promise I should mm-hmm. be making? The what? Oh, that's a great
1: question. The first promise sits in your purpose and values.
0: Okay, but then purpose and values are sounds like directly correlated to the brand, right?
1: So it sounds um, like to me that there
0: there 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 can't be any inconsistency in what is said and what is experienced. So not really me based. No, so so to me, based (laughs) on what you're saying, then the value of the company Mm -hmm. has to be lived and experience in its truest form in order for the brand to be authentic?
1: Um, in order for the brand to have a continuing, um, to be a continue, I, I call it a continuing accomplishment as opposed mm-hmm. to authentic, um, but authentic in terms of, yes, you do, you authentic, in terms of you're going to, you do what you say you're going to do.
0: You're right. 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 Okay. Um,
1: I, I don't put an, I don't put a layer of good on that. Yeah, that's one of my other points of heresy. When people, when I start talking about purpose and values, and people start trotting out the trotting out the good spiel, right? So, oh well, yeah. you know, we're a purpose-led company. We're a mm-hmm. purpose. You know, I'm a purpose-led leader. I'm a purpose-driven business. That sort of stuff. I was like, yes. Yeah, so what? You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all sorts of bit. Philip Morris had a purpose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. You know. Big banks have purposes. We just don't like their purpose. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so, mm-hmm.
1: so I mean, I don't, I don't use purpose in a, in a sort of a judgment with judgment um, about what that purpose is. So, right. you know, likewise, Enron had purpose and bad use. <laughs>
0: sure. Eventually, sure, sure. Let,
1: eventually they let them off a the cliff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people say, oh, they just didn't live their pro- their promises, or they they didn't live their promises. Like, actually, if you look at the stuff they said they were going to do, they actually did. We just don't like the way they did it. Um, right. And it got them into trouble because right. it Fair was illegal. And eventually it put them out of business. So th- there's, there's lots of, it's really easy to sort of say, well, if we just do what we say, if we just keep our point, if we just live our purpose and values, it's going to be fine. And generally speaking, there will be a, there will be an audience, there will be a customer, there will be people who want to work for you. Uh, There's a story I like to tell from many years ago, I worked with a company and they were struggling with their values because people kept telling them that they needed to have what I call kumbaya values, which are let's all Mm -hmm. hold hands, be friends and love each other. And nothing wrong with that. That's fine. If that's who you are. (laughs) Right. And don't pretend that that doesn't have a dark side because it does. Right. But that's not who these guys were. And so they kept hiring these people who'd get in the business and then be horrified and run a mile, their turnover was horrific. And, right. and so we sort of said, well, let's maybe look at telling people who we are and hiring people who are attracted to that. Because right. there are people who like to work in type a very challenging environments. There are people who thrive sure. in those environments. Yeah. Of
0: course. yeah.
1: Right. Um, You just got to hire those people. If you hire people who want, you know, who need to be taken care of and have everything, you know, feel all lovely and and run from conflict, they're going to, they're going to be really, really troubled if you put them in an environment like that. So, so understanding what your point of authenticity is, is Mm -hmm. really important without judgment, like Mm -hmm. not, Mm -hmm. not pretending, not thinking. And again, this is where all of the, a lot of the social business and, and you know, do good and be good stuff comes to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I use Patagonia as an example a lot because, you know, top to bottom, side to side, it's pretty hard to poke holes in their alignment and right. consci- the way they so deliberately and consciously make promises and keep them around what they believe.
0: Right. As we close, just because we're running out of time. um, Of course. Can can, can you, in your words, summarize brand or or, or redefine it your way so that we can can end on a a complete understanding of today and what brand means?
1: Yeah, Yeah, of course. Brand is the result of the promises you keep. That's my definition. Just like that. Just like that. Brand is the result of the promises you keep.
0: And is there anything you want people to know as we close that I haven't asked?
1: I think I'd like people to to know that in that complexity that we talked about, that it takes to actually achieve a brand result that people want to stick with, that's a continuing accomplishment that doesn't erode. The relationship between the promises that you make and people's experience is really important. So effectively mm-hmm. experiences is the experience people have is where you keep or break your promises. So if you really okay. think about that in, in how you're going about what you're doing, it, it will fundamentally change the promises that you make
0: right. and
1: your brand result.
0: That's fantastic. Michelle, thanks so much for being a guest on the show today.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you.
0: For more podcasts, show notes, and to connect with our speaker today, visit erictermundi.com. That's E-R-I-C-T-E-R-M-U-E-N-D-E dot com. And click the podcast tab. Thanks for listening.